It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Big stories. Big guests. The Big Picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3. 770 CHQR. Yeah, this, this ugly scandal within USA Gymnastics is far from over. Uh, certainly, there's very much a story about this doctor, Larry Nasser, uh, and the young girls that he preyed on for years. He was back in court today uh, for more sentencing, facing more victims. They now believe that as many as 265 girls were victimized by this guy over the years. Just, just horrific. Uh, we've also learned that uh, the board of directors for USA Gymnastics has resigned en masse, and there was all kinds of pressure on, on them to, to, to make that happen. There, there are a lot of people to blame here. There are a lot of uh, fingers to be pointed in all of this. You know, Larry Nasser exploited this system, but he didn't create it. And, yeah, obviously there are questions about who knew what, when, how many people looked the other way for, for years, but also what made these girls so, so vulnerable in the first place. And our next guest and wrote a really fascinating piece for McLean's magazine about all of this, and she's competed in, in high-level gymnastics herself. Just the, the pressure on these young girls, uh, the way these girls are, are shamed about you know, their bodies and their weight and their performance. It's, it's quite something. And, I mean, it puts them in a position where they're looking for someone to trust, uh, someone to be there for them. And that's what Larry Nasser took advantage of. So there's some deeper problems that maybe to, need to be addressed. So joining us to talk a bit more about her own experience, about this piece she wrote uh, from McLean's this week, McLean's.ca, is Alali Picasso, a freelance writer and researcher based here in Calgary. Uh, Alali, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me. And I guess from your own personal experience, and you talk about this in the piece, because uh, when you were younger, you did compete at a high level in gymnastics and dance. So as you started to hear about you know, certainly what's been going on in the U.S. with USA Gymnastics, um, you know, how, how, what did that mean to you? Did, did that all sound really all too familiar in a, in a disturbing way? Um, yes, it, it did. And it it's something that's been going on for a while and building up to the survivor testimony. So um, I know while everything was new to the public and, and really seeing it for the first time, you know, on TV and really hearing all the women, it was nothing new for the community, but it was uh, something else to witness. Right. And I mean, of course, this week, you know, we got the story about this uh, gymnastics coach in Toronto, uh, under arrest for sexual assault offenses. I mean, it, I, I don't know. What, what is it about gymnastics? And this is something you, you kind of explore in your piece. Is, is there a particular vulnerability that, that exists for young women who are competing at a high level in, in this sport and the way this, this sport is, is set up? Absolutely. And some programs will be, um, will be worse, <laughs> I guess, worse than others in um and the vulnerability of the young gymnasts. And you have to remember that even though at the Olympic level, um, there you'll have the older athletes that are in their, in their late teens, even these days, sometimes early 20s. But these are 
these women, they start the sport, uh, the intense training at a very young level. And so when the abuse begins, these are, these are girls. They're not young women. They are girls. They are, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. And, um, when you have people in control that you can't question, um, especially when you're young, you're not going to push back. It's not like pushing back on a bully in the schoolyard. It's, it's an adult that is being overbearing and overpowering. And, and if they're mistreating you, you can't, you can't say anything. And from that young age, um, the abuse, I guess it grows and, uh, and, uh, the atmosphere just becomes that much more intense that when you're the older athlete, it's, it, it's a reign of terror that you're under. So mm-hmm. the, the expectation that the expectation for perfection really, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And, um, it's not even that, um, there isn't room for error. It's error is unforgivable and you're, you know, once, once you've made some sort of big mistake, you're irredeemable. And, um, the worst programs will have, um, ways of, of trying to create athletes that are, you know, there's the physical perfection, there's the, um, I guess that no room for error that they just, um, they use methods that just kind of, um, they berate young girls and they, um, they try to instill rather than trying to instill some sort of, um, I guess, discipline and, and work ethic, um, teaching young girls how to be uh, the best athletes that they can be. They try to terrorize them into it. And um, I guess that leads to to a lot of mental and emotional harm. Yeah, as you write, you say, I was shamed, belittled, and humiliated over and over. I developed a severe eating disorder by age 11, relapsing once at F14. I, I would expect that that's probably quite common, isn't it? it? It is. It's more common than it should be. And I know a lot of um, a lot of current and former fitness and, and dancers and um, anybody in, in artistic sport, they will, um, they'll be really, really protective of their community and say, oh, no, that's, that's a, that's a myth. That's something that used to be the way, but no, it's, it's, it's still pretty prevalent and it's, it's harmful. And, um, and when you have like for me, when I was really young, um, I guess the worst is, is when you're a child and your body is naturally the body of a child, like you're not going to have some sort of, um, some sort of extreme, you know, muscle development or anything. And you're just, they're beating you down for no other reason than, than being a young girl. There's nothing that you can do about it. And you just continue to work hard. And, um, and they think that, that by continuing to just abuse you and, and target you in the most, the most personal manner that that's going to somehow create a champion down the road when what, I guess your ultimate success on the podium is going to be, you know, how hard you work and your talent. And um, once you, once you achieve whatever the abuse is supposed to, I guess, lead to, um, it doesn't undo the harm. The harm is forever there. And that's, um, I know that for me, that's been the, I guess, the most lasting thing, even after, you know, getting over the eating disorder that, that uh, it was really, it was, quite severe, quite intense. And I was very young and, 
and eating disorders, they don't just affect the person, like they affect the whole family. So, um, but you know, even once I was a very, very successful and healthy older athlete, um, I guess the, the self-hate and, and everything that, that exists to this day that can't be undone. Yeah. And, and you look at the, the vulnerability then that these girls were in, that, that Larry Nasser really exploited, that, and, and we've heard it from so many of the victims, how much they trusted him and wanted to trust him, that uh, everything they're dealing with, everything they're getting from, from the coaches to almost feel as though, you know, going to see this doctor, it's, it's a safe place. And obviously then, it, I mean, it turned, it turned out to be anything but. Yeah, he was a friend. Um, and everybody's seen the side of Larry Nassar that that was the monster. But um, at the time, it wasn't, um, it wasn't for the, for the athletes. They, they're monsters. They're, I guess their abusers were, were the Crowleys and were the, the coaches and were the, I guess was the program where they're being restricted of food and overtrained and, and Larry, he would sneak them, he would sneak them snacks and he would he would tell them you know how how wonderful they were where i guess outside of the exam room um they're being told how horrible they are how worthless they are and um and so he was he was a friend and he was a safe place and and um gave them i guess some sort of made them feel worth something and that's how that's how he uh the ha- how he groomed them he grew he uh earned their trust and Slowly, that's how the uh, abuse began. So then, when he started to uh, molest them, they, you know, what what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> as as Maddie Larson testified, who are you going to tell the coaches that are abusing you outside of the exam room? You know, so. Yeah, well, I'll at least stand by. We'll take a break here and we'll come back. I want to talk a bit more about uh, your own experience, your thoughts on, on everything that's coming out about the USA Gymnastics program. Alali uh, Picasso joins us uh, here, freelance writer based uh, in Calgary, McLean's.ca. can read her piece this week uh, on all of this. We're back with more right after this. Speaking with Calgary writer, former gymnast uh, and dancer herself, uh, Alali Picasso, talking about her piece from McLean's this week, looking at this scandal around USA uh, Gymnastics, the uh, horrific crimes of Larry Nasser, and, and how the situation got so bad. I mean, Alali, clearly Dr. Nasser is an obvious villain in this story, almost an easy scapegoat of sorts because of what he did, and he's being uh, punished deservedly so. But I think the point here is, you know, there, there's a system that's that's broken. The, the rot goes goes much, much deeper, doesn't it? Yes, and his enablers and those who were complicit in his abuse, um, that's widespread. One of the problems with um, with the system that allows, I guess, people like Larry, Larry to, uh, to pray is that you can't, there's nobody that you can talk to. Um, there was no, I guess coach or or adult figure at the ranch that the abuse happened where they were training that you could tell and if you said anything to anybody you know you were out of a career or it would be covered up well it was covered up and that's now known um just how how widespread the the cover-up of the enabling was but also what people don't realize about the ranches um you know it was it's not something that was um i guess athletes um could or could not attend it was mandatory if they didn't attend the training camps they would lose usag funding um as an athlete if they wanted to i um 
at the Olympics. Some of the girls were molested at the Olympics and, and at competitions. If they wanted to bring their own trainer or ha- see their own doctor, that wasn't allowed. They had to see Leary Nasser. They were they were funneled into this into this uh, abusive program and made to see this sexual predator. There there was no way out. There was no escape. So Larry Nasser is going to go to jail. He's going to spend the rest of his life in jail. He'll die in jail. Um, you know, people are are losing their jobs as a result of this. And and you know, who knows? And maybe more people end up facing charges as a result of this. But do you think the underlying problems are being addressed, or or will ever be addressed? That you know, the culture in in these sports. That's a good question, and it remains to be seen um, because. I guess, as I write in my piece, the, the twin problems are where you have a structure of, um, of untouchable authority figures and untouchable institutions, and one um, continues to be at the top of the new uh, of the national team, the new national team coordinate, uh, coordinator, uh, Larry Lucan, who took over from Marta Caroli. And he was part of, um, like, this, this abusive program at... at um, really began to take shape in 1999. So it's been there a long time. And um, from Bella Crowley to Marta Crowley and now Larry Lucan. And um, when he took over from Marta, he was appointed um, four days, I think. It was four days after um, the Indianapolis Star published the uh, account of uh, Rachel Den Hollander. And she's the one credited with really bringing down Larry Nasser. And... Uh, so his uh, his appointment came four days after her. She was went on the record and at the press conference, um, you know, they banned questions about Larry Nasser. They banned questions about the um, entire Indy Star investigation that first exposed the widespread cover up of sexual abuse. And um, when he was asked, you know, what he plans to change about the program, is there anything wrong with the program? No, he was perfectly happy with it. Um, he compared himself to Marta, said he was just like her. Um, he's happy with the program's outcomes, the training methods, everything. And that program that he was so ha- happy with was, that's the one that you saw uh, women testifying in the courtroom about how physically, emotionally, mentally abusive it was. And Larry was central to that program. And Valeri Lucan had no problem with the program. And so... How can how can parents, how can gymnasts, how can the public um, trust USAG now? They can they can have the board of directors resign. They can have you know turnover at that level. But when you have coaches that and um, I guess and the whole system that remains untouchable that were were part of the pro, uh, problem continue to be part of the problem. Um, and and Luke and again he has his own history of being very very personally abusive um there's one coach that um has since been uh, suspended and then announced his retirement after john Geddert of the uh tristar's gym and he was notorious for being physically abusive with athletes and it was only um it was only after public outcry and, and um, victim impact uh, statements like the women's testimony where they were directly naming Gettert that USAG was forced to suspend him. And um, and that was during the Nasser testimony, yet 
people have been speaking out about him for years and years and years. And same with uh, with Lucan. And um, I guess the question is, if USAG can only be shamed, publicly shamed, um, into taking action far too late, way after the fact, and now they're continuing to have to be pressured into making the smallest of changes. How can the public trust that anything's going to change down the road, especially if they refuse to act on on Lucan? Yeah, some good questions. Well, uh, more at McLean's Uh Lily, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Ali Picasso, a Calgary-based writer and researcher, contributor to McLean's former gymnast and dancer herself. So her thoughts, just to give you an example. So as we mentioned, there was another hearing today, a sentencing hearing for Larry Nasser. More victims were able to give their story. Uh, Anne Labrie is one of them, spoke publicly about her abuse uh, for the first time today. Uh, described the panic attacks she suffered, the strained relationship with her parents, the self-destruction. It's all heartbreaking. She says, I could tell you about how it wreaked havoc on my relationship with my parents. I pushed my mom away. When all she ever wanted to be was my rock. She says, a pedophile like Larry cannot flourish in an environment that doesn't enable his behavior. He was prolific because the gymnastics world allowed him to be. Gymnastics functions in a culture where we had to be over-sexualized before we knew what it meant. Our bodies did not belong to us. Our experiences were constantly invalidated. We were taught not to be respected and to be judged by men. Coaching by fear, intimidation, shame, and favoritism was the norm. We'd been conditioned for years to obey at all costs. How could we have been expected to question him? Very similar stories being told by other victims, too. As she says, this is what makes the NASA trial bigger than gymnastics. 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.